What's up, guys? Welcome to Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett. I'm Trenton. And I'm Brett. Let's Let's talk. Welcome back to Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett. It's so good to be back in here again. We hope that you guys enjoyed last week's show. Uh, We were telling part two of our story And I really hope you enjoyed it because this week we're going to be getting into part three of our story. But before we do that, allow me to introduce the other host of the show, Trenton. What is going on, man? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Let's Talk. So glad to be here. I know we ain't going to have the pretty voices on this week. You get to hear me and Brett. But anyway, we'll go ahead and let you know that if you want to hit us up with the voice message button, you can do that. It's located at the bottom of the details of each episode. You click that link that says voice message. You can leave us a voice message if you have questions. Also, you can hit us up with the email, which is wait.letstalk at gmail.com. If you have questions, we would love to talk about what you want to talk about right here on the air. We will be continuing our John series sometime. Soon. We'll see. We'll just say soon for now. But right now, we felt the need to go ahead and continue our story with part three. So excited about what comes tonight. And again, don't forget to check us out on Facebook at Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett. That's where you'll get the latest shows, you'll get the latest information about the show, and you can also check us out on Zap It, uh, the new platform that we are on. It's kind of, it's basically like Facebook. Uh, it's just, see, it's a little more Christianized, I guess. The version is kind of how I look at it. Mm. Um, I've had quite a few people this week actually sending me friend requests, uh, so that's cool. So maybe it's people that's been listening. I don't know exactly because they haven't t- said anything to me, but. That's another place that you can check us out, so we would encourage you guys to check us out at those two places, and yeah. Cool. (laughs) Well, like I said this week, the wives aren't in the... Well, didn't they have sweet voices, y'all? I just want to say, I went back and listened to that show, and I'm like, man, they sound so sweet, and then they got us. (laughs) The guys that are out here talking and doing the show, but I'm just kidding. But thank you to our wives if they're checking this out for talking last week with us as we discussed some of phase one and i think we briefly hit on phase two a little bit last week and we will pick up we'll kind of i guess head back towards phase two tonight is that what we're trying to go for there brad yeah i uh a lot of information i guess do we do we go back to the mass communication days the because there was some things taking place there but i mean we've kind of mentioned a lot of it but in in a lot of ways it it slowed down a little bit Towards the uh, towards the end of the mass communication days, uh, a lot of things slowed down. But there are some people that I think we need to mention. You know, staff helped us out a lot with Trevon. mass communication. Mm-hmm. Trevon helped us out a lot. Uh, Kyle Kyle Bird helped us out with some of the music and things like that. So yeah, I mean, there was a lot of things taking place there. And we got to look too. We were reaching a different crowd, different crowd of people, and so it was busy. But, you know, we've talked a lot about phase one and like the revivals, the altar calls and things like that. And that stuff was happening a little bit in phase two. Phase two, though, we started started ushering or working our way towards into more of, I guess, youth minister and helping out at church roles, planning events. We still did some events. We had some bands and we were getting into pastor phases. Mm. So God was kind of training us up to be pastors as well and that all came as a surprise to me i know you're gonna lie i remember when i first got called to ministry i had told god previously god god okay i I had been begged my uncle had begged me at like 13 
to sing a song before the church, play the guitar. He wanted me to sing Amazing Grace. So I did. I sung it before the church, and it took a while, though. I didn't want to get right up in front of everybody. Eventually, I said yes, and I said, okay, God, I'll sing, but I will never preach in front of people. <laughs> Lo and behold. You told God what you were not going to do. <laughs> Lo and behold, 2,000 or so rolled around, and God called me to ministry and after that phase, I said, okay, God, uh, I'll preach. And I was always thinking more of evangelical preaching. You know, I didn't want to be a pastor of a church, but I said, I'll never pastor a church, God. I was like, I'll just want to, I'll preach. That way I can go, give them the word and leave. I don't have to stick around for the backlash and all that, I guess is kind of what I was thinking, but just preaching the word. And it was probably years later, I'd say 2010, maybe a little after that, before God actually called me into pastoral type ministry so it's been an interesting ride it has you know there's been a lot of things I was sitting here thinking and looking back to where my first leadership role was in at a little church in crosstown Missouri called Bethlehem Baptist I had well no I kind of take that back well I guess officially that was my first one because I had been doing some preaching at a, another little church in Illinois in a place called Saratoga I was preaching there, and something strange happened. As uh, I remember you telling me that uh, the place where you were at at the time in Oriel, the Baptist church there, his the pastor there's son was pastor at Bethlehem, mm. and my name got dropped. So I got a phone call from him and asked me if I if I could come in for a meeting or whatever. And lo and behold, here's what happened. Within the same week, I got asked to be pastor at Saratoga and got asked to be youth pastor in Crosstown, Missouri. So I'm like, Trenton, what do I do? <laughs> what do I do? He's torn between two. <laughs> so, I mean, I had to pray. And, you know, and they were both offering money. But, you know, you, in a situation like that, money's not, money's not what you're looking at. You're looking at, all right, God, where is it that you want me? And so I prayed about it, and I felt led to go to be the youth minister in Missouri, and that's where, you know, my now wife was in Missouri, and I was still living in Illinois, and it gave me an opportunity to move to Missouri, and that's kind of how my life got started with, you know, me and me and my wife, my wife now, so. Remember we looked to, I remember the day, well, kind of, I got some vivid memories, that we journeyed to Cape Girado. Looking for the Baptist Association, because that has been mm -hmm. how I had gotten all the church bookings I got in Illinois, and I had worked closely with them, and like I said, it felt like at that point, you probably heard me say it on other shows, that I was in a different church about all the time, and about every Sunday, but we were feeling more wanting to come to Missouri now. Of course, we had the girlfriends, wives now at the time. And I remember we went to the association and met, met Margaret. You remember mm -hmm. Margaret? We walked in, and this lady, I mean, she had a, you could tell she had a spirit. She had a heart for ministry, a heart for people. She was so excited that we were there. And she's like, oh, I got some churches right now that's looking <laughs> for youth ministers. And so she actually is the one that made the call to Iona Baptist, which is where I went you know, when I was youth pastoring over there. And they had me come by for an interview. I talked with their deacons and the pastor, and they ended up, you know, voting me in. And I took over there, and then it was shortly after that that he got into the part he was talking about. Yeah, it was within maybe a month. It wasn't It wasn't very long. Because you were actually preaching at Saratoga while yeah. I had started that spot, mm -hmm. right? And then I'd been I there about six months, I think. I've forgotten about that, but I vaguely remember because you were torn between the two. Where do, you, where do you need to go? And you prayed, and I think it was a fairly quick decision. I mean— easy yeah. decision for you. you felt more 
led to go. I, yeah, I guess, at that time, away. I was like, man, I, I don't feel led to be lead pastor of a church. Mm. You know, I mean, it just, I was young. I was, I'll say I was inexperienced, but I mean, I had had a lot of experience, you know, with doing rallies and things like that. So I knew how to deal with kids and things like that. So I kind of felt like that's the direction I need to go. And I think that that, looking back, I think that that was probably the, it was the right move because it was, it was an introduction into, into ministry, you know, into, into church ministry, you know, not outside youth rally ministry, but actual in church ministry. So it was an introduction to that. And it really, you know, looking back that I was there, I think 17 months I stayed in that, that place before. And I guess this is a good place to transition into that. I had, I left that, I resigned from that position and uh, went to uh, my wife's church. At the time it was Covenant Christian Center and now it's Covenant Life Church now. So I remember and then we could oh, talk about what happened. We could talk about what happened there because there's there's a story there, you know. So I remember I went to Iona. That was about 2003, I believe. So was dating the wife at the time, and I remember I was there about a year and a half, and I felt you know it was time to move on. I had done what I could, so I ended up going to Covenant Christian Center as well, which is where our wives were attending church. And, but a lot of stuff happened as a youth pastor. I was able to, I put on at least two or three events while I was there. And a lot of them, I did a, they wanted to do something special for homecoming uh, one year while I was there. So I ended up booking it for two nights instead of one. One night we had concerts and I'm, I may have had a speaker. I don't know. We had some Southern gospel bands and some mixture, like some rock and a little bit of everything. So everybody kind of got it. And I remember we did prayer meetings and we would alternate churches and we was at Crosstown. And this is, guys, this is all part of phase one that we're getting ready to transition into phase two. So We're bouncing everywhere. <laughs> well, we kind of were in phase one with the wives last week a lot more. So so basically, we were at a prayer meeting at Crosstown at his church that he was attending at the time. I don't remember this. Was it Bethlehem Baptist? Mm-hmm. And that is where it was at that prayer meeting that you came up with the name Mass Communication, or you mentioned it. And was that is really? when we transitioned. You're like, man, we need to change our name. We were at a prayer meeting at your church. I thought we were at Dongola when that yeah. happened. Nope, it was the Bethlehem Baptist. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, we need to change our name. So we looked into that, and that's when we enter into what we're calling phase two of our ministry, where we kind of switched our style a little bit. And it was, we were still preaching, we were still doing concerts and things, but it was just different. We would get invited places, you know, we wouldn't do as much preaching anymore. It was more about the music, and we'd minister while we could. But uh, we met a lot of new people, and while we were still at those churches is when we worked at Ohavco here in Scott City, Missouri, (laughs) and we met Trevon. So that was a good thing that came out of Havco was we met Trevon. I just happened to be back there, and we was chatting one day, and he (laughs) – I don't remember even how we – we got started, I think, talking about Christian hip-hop. And that he was a Christian hip hop artist, and I mentioned we were, and he kind of introduced us to staff, and you know, one thing led to another, and eventually, we got to know all of these yep. guys. So, and you know, we just—that's—that's that's how mass communication started. You know, we started doing our only album, I guess, as mass communication was really done. I think Kyle did most of those songs. I think you had one song on there that you produced. A couple of them, yeah. But, you know, that's that's where that album come from. But it was it was also, you know, meeting these guys and it was getting the almost kind of like picking their brains and learning how to do things. And it, you know, we learned a little bit about different 
you know, stage presence and also how how does how to say it this way and how to do it this way and learned a little bit about mixing the music and different things like that because you know we went into this thing we were in a way we were green you know because we're now now we're doing it trying to do it the way you're supposed to do it we weren't just mm. doing it let's just do something let's just get it out and throw it out there and see what happens mm. now we're actually trying to put more effort into the music and try to make the music better and and I think in a lot of ways it wor- it did work I mean it really did work and that was that was mass communication. We did quite a few shows. We went to a lot of places. You know, our biggest show, I believe, was as mass communication. Was it was mass communication at the Ple- Peaceful I Valley? So. I, think. I think that's so. where we had like two hundred people there. And you know, a lot of cool things came out from mass communication. And it was because we still had the drive. We still had the want to. And it's like the name says, you know, mass communication. We wanted to communicate the gospel to the masses. And in a lot of ways. That's exactly what it did. We had bigger crowds, you know, so. And, you know, like you said, we were reaching a different audience. We were getting thanks. Shouts out to staff. If you're listening, Stafford Moore Jr., uh, Trevon Alfred, Kyle Bird, all those that helped us with that album because that album actually dropped. And we did the release party. We talked a little bit about that last week with the girls. It was in 2006. And it was in August. And we dropped that at the concert we did at the farm. <laughs> we were dropping a hip-hop album. But it was fun. But anyway. We had at, a pretty decent crowd. At that point, you know, staff had produced one of the beats. Kyle produced a lot of them. And I think there was a couple of them I had produced. But then after that album, staff began to, you know, notice things that we needed it we could do better. And mm-hmm. so we started working with him. And I think that was around 2010, was it, that we started doing more production with staff. And he started making beats. Because I think the last stuff we actually recorded with him was in 2010, so it's been 11 years ago. Wow. But you got to think at the same time, we're, we're still rapping and doing those things on the side. You know, we got to go to some clubs and different things, doing different things. But we were entering into more of a pastoral role. Uh, God was setting it up, setting the stage for that. And at the time when mass communication came, we were still focused on youth a lot to young adults so somewhere in that range we were looking at so for those of you young adults what i'm thinking i'm thinking like 25 you know 18 to 25 year olds young adults and so we worked with that group and we were still working with that group and then i remember in 2010 i believe that god had called me to go help another church and we were at that time we had spent several years at Covenant, I don't know how many years, I guess, I don't know how many years we were there, at least probably six, seven, I don't know, eight, I don't know how many years we were actually there, but uh, we did a lot of discipleship and things there, but then I remember it was plain as day, just like it was when God called me, and we had met a pastor, at the time he was Pastor White, and we had met him at the park because we did a mass communication concert with him, and he he was at the time launching a church, and I guess they had been open a few years, and I remember as I went back that God spoke to me clear as day. He's like, he's got a youth pastor position open. I want you to take it. I'm like, what? (laughs) So here I go, and we're still at Covenant at the time, mind you. I had my wife go with me. We went and visited one Sunday. Well, we kind of enjoyed it, and it was in a good atmosphere, and we went back the following week. So we went two weeks in a row, and I'm like, yeah, this is where God's calling. Now, I had no idea from him that he was looking for a youth pastor, mind you. I had just gone by what God had spoke to me, and I think it was the middle of the second week that he approached me and took me, actually he took me to eat. And he was asked, he's like, you know what, we got a, about 10 kids here, you know, we could, you know, really use a, 
youth minister. I said, well, that's why God called me to be here. So I said, okay, yeah, we can look at doing it. So at that point, long story short, we started working with them. We moved locations uh, once during this period, and the youth had transitioned. And we went from... At that point, they had a lot of, you know, six, seven, eight-year-olds, and they had some 12-year-olds and 11-year-olds, and they had about 10 kids that were coming, and they would bring a van, they would pick them up. But as we were there, it went from 10 to about 40 kids um, within a couple of years. So I spent a lot of time there, and it was a growing period for me as well because God was showing me a new way of doing things. How do we reach this crowd? And the kids were loving it. We did small groups. We did a whole different style i guess than what i had been used to doing rallies and things so at that point i believe god was growing and i would go to revivals and things and you know people would speak over me and i'm still not accepting a full-time or i'm not accepting a pastoral position i'm just a youth pastor right so i remember going to several revivals and several times i would get prayed over by these speakers that would come in and they would they would go to lay hands and then they would back up and they would look at me and they would go wow He's like, but not yet. And that's what they would say. And a lot of them said it. And I don't think they planned it because they didn't know each other. <laughs> but So I'm like listening to this and I'm like, uh, what are you doing? What are you up to, God? And, you know, so I'm like, so at that time, I'm still trying to do what God's doing. And in the meantime, while I'm in the middle of all this transition, I'm going to let Brett talk for a minute about what he was doing at that time. So, Yeah, because, well, that time was kind of a weird time. And because at the time he got called away i got called to stay because <laughs> i had kind of stepped into a leader I, I don't it was more of a youth leader uh i guess type position at the church where i was kind of helping along the side of the youth pastor which would have been uh, mark at the time mark, mark culberson was leading the youth at that time so i came in beside him and helped him and stepped into that role and eventually took over took over that for a while it was kind of hard for me, though, because it was at a time when I was actually laid off work for several months, like nine months. I stepped into that role, and then lo and behold, got called back to work where I had to go back and work nights again and was trying to find a day job, and it just it didn't work out at the time. So I still kept trying to, to do that role, but I couldn't do it on nights anymore. I had to do it like on Sundays and weekends and different things like that. So it was really hard, but during that time, what happened to me was – I still knew there was a call in my life, you know, and and it was at that time that the pastor, the pastor of the church at that time, which would have been Mark Culberson, he was he had uh, basically transitioned from youth pastor and became lead pastor eventually, brought it to me and said that we want to we want to ordain you, and I was extremely shocked <laughs> at at that point, but that was in 2012 whenever I was ordained, and a lot, I mean, I. I don't know how much time we have exactly, but there was there was some transition things that happened, and I'll, I'll have to let Trenton get into that a little bit. But they ended up moving away, and again, I ended up having to stay, <laughs> having to stay. But there was a lot of cool things that came from that, and I'll let Trenton kind of tell. We're going to have to maybe go through it fairly quickly, but I'll let him tell kind of where he was at at that and where I was at at that because – from we went from a time of hanging out all the time to doing everything together to a time where he he left the church that he was in and I stayed and then he ended up leaving and going to a different state and I stayed and there was a time there where we were completely separated and the friendship was not as strong as it had been it was basically a I don't know if it I don't want to call it a dead period but let's call it a silent period because there was absolutely 
nothing going on as far as our ministry. So I guess we're getting into the silent years <laughs> is what <laughs> we can call it. Years. Well, what happened on that is I stayed there. I helped that church that couple of years. I mentioned a couple of years. We got it up to about 40 kids, and they were coming regularly each week. And the thing is, if they'd all came at once, <laughs> I think there would have been more, but they would come on different weeks. They have different kids. But I remember the time or I took a sabbatical. I remember that. I took a sabbatical. I approached the pastor. I'm like, I need a... I need to, I need a sabbatical because God's trying. And I knew God was trying to tell me something. I didn't know what it was at that time. And I was like, I need a sabbatical. I need some time to think. So I took a couple of months away from the church, and I went and visited some other churches and did some different things. But I, most of the time while I was out, I was seeking God. I was trying to seek what it was because I could tell he was getting ready to call me to something and I didn't know what it was and that's why I knew I needed a break from everything so he ended up bringing in someone else to take over as youth pastor and he took over he got me and I I think I gave him it was probably a couple of months notice and I left and took my sabbatical came back and continued serving as associate pastor but during that sabbatical it was kind of strange because I felt God, you know, t- telling me, hey, you know, I'm getting ready to take you back to school. Because I remember when I got called to ministry, I can still remember exact words to this day, sitting in a college class and God saying, Trenton, what are you doing here? I expect to see you in a Christian college next fall learning to be a preacher. Well, the time of that calling was like 2000 and 2000, maybe? I don't remember. And because it was before I met him. And. Well, all I, all we I can, met, but we wasn't hanging out. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, yeah. Well, before we, we we had met, we went to school together, but we weren't actually hanging out as friends yet. So um, I remember that clear as day. Well, I didn't go to college that fall, like he had called me to do. Well, there was a time period there of things that happened, different transitions. But then God called me to go back, and He gave me Union University, and I, so I called to get some information. Matter of fact, we were taking a vacation that year, and we were going to do just a road trip. And I remember stopping by the campus just to get a confirmation, just to see and praying while I was there. And then we took our road trip. And so we went out of the way a little bit just to catch that, and then we headed out west. But I remember God calling me to go there. He opened a door, a way of opportunity, to make a long story short, for me to take that. And in I can remember the exact date because it was kind of a sad day, <laughs> August 10th of 2012, we packed up out of our trailer that, that we had been living in, and we moved to Jackson, Tennessee. And I tell you, Brett, at that time, I felt like Abraham because all I knew was God was telling me to go. I didn't know what I was going to do when I got there. I, didn't, I knew I was going to go to school. And, you know, the basically determining factor was my wife had been applying for some nursing jobs and things down there because we knew she'd be the one liable to get the job first. And so we let her go ahead and start applying. I was looking, but she got called, and we went. <laughs> and August 10th, I remember, we got there. We're like, okay, we're here. <laughs> now what? <laughs> now what? So I went ahead and did my schooling. You know, we worked. We, and there was a time period of probably eight months before we actually got our connection there through a church called Love and Truth Church down there in Jackson, Tennessee. And, and that is the years of silence he's talking about i was focused on school i was learning how to lead i was learning how pastoral roles work even though i didn't want to be a pastor yet i was still fighting that but god was showing me in leadership like right before i left he gave me the vision for the church that i have i had drawn it up on a napkin 
<laughs> and I've edited it since then so we can see more details. But uh, And that's when I knew it was time. And we went, and when we got there, like you said, it was like, okay, we're here, now what? But when we got there, after we were there, we stayed for four years. So I finished my master's, got our, my bachelor's and everything. And while we were there, we realized why we were supposed to be there because there was a lot of training that happened. There was a lot of leadership stuff that I was learning <laughs> that I didn't even know was involved <laughs> with pastoring a church. And that's when God had called me to pastor kind of right before we had left. He kind of gave me the drawing, which ended up becoming a vision, which ended up becoming what we now call Next Level Freedom Church. So, And as he was doing that... Now, <laughs> So today well, we're going back and forth. So you got it. We're hearing so the side of the story. I guess my story it's it's a little more simpler than that. I didn't get called to go anywhere, um, but like I said, I there there was a time there where I was I was youth youth leader and I got ordained in 2012 and I worked with the youth for for a while. I really did, and it's it's kind of weird because there was a transition there because the kids got older. So. I wasn't really a youth leader anymore because they weren't youth. It was more of a young adult leader. And mm. so it's it's kind of strange because it's like God brought me through a process of learning different like learning different things like from youth to young adults to kind of where I'm at now. It's like, you know, I just like I grew as I grew up, the ministry changed, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there it got to a point where I even remember sitting down with the pastor saying I just I don't feel led to work with youth like just these kids. I was like, I, I feel like I'm supposed to be speaking to, you know, to older, pretty well adults, almost adults, you know, young adults, however you want to look at it. And that's what happened. And I look, I look back and I even, I even kind of went past that to where it's like, okay, now it's not really young adults anymore. I'm finding myself in a role of now I'm filling in for, I'm, I'm preaching Sunday mornings. I'm filling in for the pastor, you know, I'm doing all these different things. So while he is in Tennessee, learning all of the things he's learning. I get ordained. I got ordained right before you left because I know you were there. But I've always looked back at this and looked at it like, look at how much I learned. I was learning how to be a pastor. I was learning how that, you know, because as you're growing up, you think, you you know, you think pastors, they, they get up on Sunday mornings and they preach and then they go home. Oh, they got an easy job. You know that that's that that's not the preaching part. Ain't their job, guys. That's that's just goes right along with. That's the fun part. For I guess is how I look at it. Preaching's the fun part of the of it all. But I always say that's about five percent. It, it is, and do. it really is. And during this time, this four years, and this is honest to God's truth. During this four years, I'm learning a lot about how to go up and talk to people. I was always a very shy person. Now I'm I'm able to go up and talk to people a lot better. I'm learning how to. Um, you have to listen to the people. You know, you have to recognize when they walk through the door, a lot of times you have to recognize that they're hurting because they're not going to tell you they're hurting. So I'm learning how to listen to the spirit and be sensitive to those things. I'm learning how to uh, stand up in front of people and actually preach messages, but learning to hear from God to know that when you, you know, in the best part about it is, is you step up there and God changes your message when you step into the pulpit. Now you gotta, you know, you gotta freestyle this thing. You gotta <laughs> trust in the Holy Spirit because your message, message has been changed. So I'm learning how to trust in the Holy Spirit, and I really believe that God separated me in Trenton for a purpose. Now we've each got uh, separate purposes, and we know that. We each have different styles. We each have different ways that we do things. But what we are recognizing. Now that God has brought this back, what, four or five, however many years now it's been, mm. you know, I don't know how long you've been back. October 28, 2016. So four or five, <laughs> yeah, whatever it is, we're, we're both beginning to recognize that 
hey, your style is like this and your style is like this, but man, these things, they don't clash. It's almost like they fit perfectly together. So it's been a process over these last few years to, to where we are now, but you know, we've started with Let's Talk and he started Next Level Freedom Ministries and you know, there's a lot of things right now that we're that we're looking at that are beginning to take place and we're seeing how they just mesh together so well that we're realizing that time apart was for him to learn his role and for me to learn what my role is going to be and now God has brought us back together and those two things are they're they're colliding but they're colliding in a good way and we're seeing we're seeing what's going to what that explosion's going to look like <laughs> because it's going to be <laughs> It's it, and that's something we both agree on is whatever this uh, this explosion is going to look like when everything comes together the way that it seems to be, God's doing something great. You know, he did he did a work in both of us for that four years that Trenton was gone, because we didn't talk, we didn't hang out, and there was even a time where I didn't really look at Trenton as my best friend because. You know, best friends are people that you hang out with and see and talk, and we just we weren't doing those things. But God had a plan, and God's plan is bigger than our plan. It's bigger than our understanding, and we see now that what we're, we see now clearly, I think, what what God has been doing this whole time. So now He did come for visits. We didn't drop each other. No, I mean turkeys, we, but, we yeah. yeah we hung out, but it wasn't the same. And I, yeah. I it, it wasn't the same because you know we're looking like look at all the stuff we did now. You know it was just. I don't know. It wasn't the same. It's, it's really hard to explain. It was different. But, you know, looking back over all those years, and I can see, you know, it's, you know, we've always compared it in a way to kind of like Paul and Barnabas. You know, they had to split up and do their own. They had to do their own things. But God's put us back together for a particular reason. And phase two is ending and look out. Here comes phase three. Here comes phase three. <laughs> but Get we're ready. in. We're in. Get ready. We're in phase two, for those of you wondering. The, the silent years, as he called them, is all part of phase two still. So God's training each of us. And I've got actually quite a bit to tell. I guess we can do that on another show because a guess lot we're happened. Have to. <laughs> and I'm sure a lot more happened with him on those four years too. So we'll, we'll talk more details. Either I'm going to have the, to think about them. <laughs> <laughs> either in the next show or maybe the next time we bring up our story again. So we'll look forward to doing that. I know we've just passed the 30-minute marker again, so we want to... Be conscious of time, so that's going to, I guess, that's a wrap for today's show, and we'll continue with part four later, but uh, if you want to hit us up, we'll make sure you do so on the voice message button, which is located at the bottom of the details of each episode. Click on that link, and you can leave us a voice message, or you can hit us up at the email, which is wait.letstalk at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We'd love if you got questions about your Bible, maybe something we've been discussing in John, or just questions in general for us, or maybe you just want to give us a shout out, you can do so in either one of those platforms. So I hope you'll take advantage of that. For now, I'm going to say God bless, and I'm turning it over to Brett. See you next time. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook at Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett. And don't forget to head over to Zap it and create your profile over there and make sure that you like Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett on there as well. And I guess with that said, man, we're up against the time. It went by quick again. It always does. Let's go ahead and let's close with a word of prayer today. Father, we thank you so much. Thank you so much, Father God, for being this loving, caring God, Lord, that cares about his children, that doesn't just put us here and walk away from us. We know you're always there. You're always listening. You're always speaking to us, Lord. And we just pray, God, that you would open our ears and our hearts, God, to be able to to, to hear you clearly, Father God, to know what you're saying to us. And Lord, we pray, Lord, for each and every person out there listening, Lord, right now, 
that you would move in a mighty way in their lives. Father God, touch them and comfort them in Jesus' name. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. I hope you were blessed and inspired by the content. Do us a favor, go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already, tell a friend, and share this on social media. We would love to share the good news with as many people as possible. We'd also love to hear from you. If you have topics you would like us to discuss on the air, you want to give a shout out, or maybe you just want to say hi, click on the message button below and let us know what's on your mind. Thank you for tuning in. God bless, and we'll see you next time.